Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 27 of my podcast and also recording this for the Instagram as for the Instagram or for my Instagram TV as well because uh, I got quite a lot of nice feedback after the last podcast that we did and we put up there that it was quite nice to see a face as well. So here we are sort of homing in and hopefully um, catering for people that are like to watch things and also for people that like to listen to things as well. So this episode is called Ramadan, such a creative name, but one that I talk about pretty much every single year and have done for the past 12 because it's something that has massively affected me as a coach um, from training athletes throughout Ramadan um, operationally for somebody who has looked after gyms in terms of scheduling programs and also programming for the month of Ramadan as well to ensure that I guess athletes and recreational athletes still get their fitness in during that time at timings that are suitable for them and that they feel is best for them when they train. So in this podcast, I'm definitely not going to be reinventing the wheel as many people I think sometimes do when they approach this month that they take it as something that they need to do something different every single year. And I guess to a certain extent, you do need to try different things to try and find what works best for you so that you carry out the, the month, you know, in a way that enables you to sort of please all areas of your life, whether that be commitments with the family, because that has a massive part to play um, when it comes to Ramadan. So the engagement, the social side of things, the food, and at the same time, trying to ensure that you maintain a level of fitness. And there's a lot of controversy, I think, surrounding the month of Ramadan and that you know, this month in people's heads just thinks that they are going to lose all their fitness or they're going to gain 20, 20 to 30 kilograms. And, you know, realistically, that's not going to happen. Um, but I can understand the thought process. And like I say, year on year, and I'm going to say this probably very similar things this year, is that um, try not to get stressed out as you approach this month. Um, see it as part of your journey as your fitness progresses um, and allow it as a time where you can enjoy the things that make you happy. And that is obviously spending time with your loved ones as well. Um, so I want to kind of hit it from, from like two heads here. I want to look at the most recent study that has been produced back in 2020 last year. Um, it was a systematic review of a number of different papers where it looked at the effects of Ramadan on performance. Um, and what I would say this particular paper, it solely really looks at male athletes um, that are amateur or professional from a variety of different sports and mostly um, football. But it does also have some runners in it because aerobic performance is one of the one of the variables that they were looking at during this study as well. So I want to kind of look at that first and just to kind of shine some light on how, um, you know, how performance might be affected during the month of Ramadan and then kind of finish it off with 
my own experience from coaching athletes through the month of Ramadan, my field attempts at fasting uh, a couple of times as well, and perhaps maybe just some offer some reassurance in that, you know, if you are feeling a little bit stressed or anxious about going into Ramadan because of something new and it's changing, that it doesn't need to be and it should be it should be welcomed and, you know, it should be used in a way that is going to perhaps not maybe not massively improve your performance, but maintain your form, performance, but leave you in a better headspace at the end of it as well. So in this particular um, meta-analysis, like I said, it was conducted back in January 2020. And for those that are listening that might not be aware of what Ramadan is, but um, Ramadan normally falls within the ninth month of the um, Islamic calendar. And pretty much everybody that is over and above, well, past puberty and are healthy um, are required to fast from dawn until sunset. So regardless of where you're um, celebrating this in the year, um, or not in the year, in the world, um, your, your fasting periods could be eight hours, or it could be 13 to 14, maybe even 20 hours, depending on where you are in the world. Like I said, it does require you to refrain from consuming food and fluid, amongst other things as well, during that period. Um, and if we look at it purely from a sporting, um, a sporting perspective, um, they tend not to take this into consideration whenever they are um, scheduling their sporting events. Um, one, because Ramadan, the dates tend to change year on year. I think 11 years ago when I first arrived in Saudi, it was, it was in September and we're now in April. It tends to shift sort of, I think, two weeks every single, every single year. So with that, you can see that you get, I guess your window of opportunity to consume food is a little bit less. And, and with that, um, it just kind of knocks your whole lifestyle 360 in that maybe, you know, your window of opportunity is less, so you're not able to consume as much food as you were. So energy intake might be less, which might result in weight loss. Um, it might not, obviously, if you're consuming, you know, um, a surplus of food but your sleeping time is also disrupted. Um, again, obviously if the only time that you can't eat is during, you know, during, um, you know, night time, then sleeping should then be the opposite because it's almost like you just flip it on its head. Um, so things like your energy intake, your hydration status can, can be negatively affected during this month. Um, but again, if, if you apply a very good, um, you know, plan and process to it and you kind of get your I don't want to say your shit in order um, to make sure that that doesn't happen then there really is no reason why you cannot um, sort of you know be hydrated and you know maintain a very healthy um, body uh, body mass or um, composition uh, as, as such um, but like I said with the alteration in sleep um, this can take a little bit of time to get used to. And that also um, is something from personal experience from working in Ramadan, um, it definitely does take a little bit of time to get used to. And trying to train when you're tired or whenever there is a massive amount of you know, change, it can be a bit of a struggle, especially during the first couple of days. And I'll talk about a little bit about that later on. Um, but if I speak specifically about this meta-analysis, which I'll try and link up in um, my bio as well, so you can have a look at it as well. Um, but basically, within this particular study, um, they selected papers and, you know, they were eligible if they were obviously carried out during the month of Ramadan 
that there was a test conducted before and during the months that people were over the age of 18 years. And um, obviously it was, it was peer reviewed in a journal, which are some of the key things ideally you would definitely want to see. Um, what they were measuring during that time is whether or not there was a change in um, peak power. Okay, and that was tested um, sort of on a, on a wind gate, a cycle erg or repeated sprint ability. They were looking at changes in your mean power, so your average power throughout those. Again, on the same thing, either on a wind gate, a um, when conducting repeated sprint ability, or on an ergo cycle. Also looking at the total work performed during that, a fatigue index, the level of strength that was measured using a hand grip dynamometer, jump height, aerobic performance, and running sprint time. Now, what I would say that the, the key thing that I'm picking up from this here is that it was all conducted predominantly on male athletes. So as a female, there may be an element of, you know, that it might not be massively accurate. It was also conducted on people that were, I'd say, very well trained. So it wasn't, it wasn't merely the recreational athletes. So these people, you know, were performing at a level where it might have even been their job. So they would have had maybe at hand, you know, um, sport coaches, sports nutritionists. They might have had, you know, um, sleep practitioners working with them as well. So all of these things we kind of need to take into consideration and that might skew some of the, of the results where I might say one thing and you're thinking this, you're thinking that during the month of Ramadan, you find the opposite. So it's, it's more, it's, I mean, be aware that there is individuality and this is kind of just given us the biggest or sort of an overall, an overall summary. Um, so it was actually based off, um, they found 11 papers that were eligible for their analysis and they broke it down and they find, um, I guess they find the following. So based on aerobic performance, based on the test before and during the month of Ramadan, they find that um, there was very small um, sort of reductions in performance when it came to um, aerobic performance and whether that was either performed in the morning or afternoon. Um, so all of these tests were conducted during a fasted state. There was very few of them that were conducted um, sort of in the evening time in a fed state, which I guess would be, you know, that's not what you look into research because that would just be almost the same as what we're doing in, um, in a normal life. But for aerobic performance, there was, there was no significant change or deterioration in the actual, um, the actual tests. When it comes to um, peak power, okay, so what they find again, so for peak power, again, small, trivial changes, not enough to categorically say that your peak power is going to deteriorate when you are practicing, um, you know, your, your fasting during the month of, of Ramadan. Again, when it comes to strength, so looking at the, the hand grip dynamometer, again, they find no significant changes during that time. A fatigue index as well. So different um, tests were used to calculate the fatigue or um, repeated um, sprint ability in, uh, with, with testing over 10 meters. Um, and again, small to trivial um, findings in that as well. Jump height they had found that there, again, trivial effects during the month of Ramadan. Uh, 
mean power. Um, so this one is probably the one where there was a change. I know there was a moderate, a moderate change, and they indicate that there was a, um, a more significant decrease in performance in comparison to when they had tested it before. If we then look at um, sprint time, again, with, um, with sprint time, you can also see that there doesn't seem to be a significant change during that time. So out of all of the variables that they were researching, and just to recap, so they were researching peak power, mean power, total work performed, fatigue index, level of strength, jump height, aerobic performance, and repeated sprint time, or running sprint time. The only ones that kind of give any type of um, you know, notable change was, was mean power. Um, so with, with that there, I think you know, that's quite interesting. Um, and might all, more often than not, might come as a surprise to many people listening or, or watching to this in that you know, your performance, as long as you are still training in a way that enables you to maintain your fitness, there should be no real decrease at the end of the month, as long as you're continuing on with what you're doing and changing the way in which you approach it so that you still manage to sleep the appropriate amount of time, albeit maybe during the first couple of days, there might be some sort of transition where, you know, maybe you might need to pull back on your training a little bit. We also look at, you know, as long as you're refueling, so eating a balanced diet that enables you to replenish what you've lost during your workout and also fuel it for further ones, as well as hydrating at times when you're able to hydrate, that there really is no reason why your performance would deteriorate, um, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, and like I said, you might be listening to this here and you might be saying, well, I find X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's also, and it's what's from there that you might need to take a step back and look at maybe what you have done. So if your performance has decreased, it may be that the amount of work or the amount of training that you've done in the month has also decreased because social obligations has, have taken, you know, have taken over your life. Um, or it could be that you've just decided, I'm just going to take this month off. And obviously if you're taking a full month off, you can expect that you will lose fitness. You know, as sad as it is, you definitely lose fitness a little bit quicker than you do gain fitness, okay? But at the same time, I do have some athletes that do not like to commit to a training plan during the month and they just want to do what they want. And for me, you know, they're fully aware of all of this information is that when they come back, they might find that their performance has deteriorated a little bit. And as long as they're happy with that, then that's totally okay. Um, at the same time, you know, um, other things that might, you know, create um, a, a reduction in certain performance is we know that your available opportunity to eat is reduced. And more often than not, I've probably come into, into, into contact with people that find that they lose weight during Ramadan because, you know, they can't seem to get all the calories in. Um, and when you're switching from, you know, eating during the day and your normal sort of rhythm, your circadian rhythm, you know, you might find that, you know, eating late at night or eating at two or 3 a.m. in the morning, unless you're from here and you've been out on the Raz and eating a pizza at that time is totally okay. Um, normally for, you know, your day-to-day -day life, that normally doesn't happen. Um, so obviously a reduction in calories 
but still maintaining a training plan is going to result in a decrease in body mass, whether that be through water if we're dehydrated, but muscle and fat. So, you know, and when we decrease weight, you might find that other things start to deteriorate. Maybe we are less powerful, you know, sometimes the, the bigger we are, the more power we can create, the stronger that we are. So all of these things you would need to look at and think, well, you know, this might be the reason. It's not just because, oh, Ramadan's here and my fitness is going to go to crap. It's about the things that you're doing during the month and the choices that you make will inevitably lead to those things. So again, that's like a little bit of the, uh, the science behind it. And I think it's good to know that, you know, we can still keep our fitness the same, but it's now the how, how do we do that? And I think from, if we're looking at from, from my own personal experience, like I said, I haven't conducted any formal type of research on this, but you know, I've, I've, I've trained a copious amount of athletes during the month of, of Ramadan. And from my own personal experience, um, obviously they've all been females, which is very, very different from that particular research paper that I just talked about as well, because it was predominantly males. And like I said, it was mostly athletes. Um, so for me, I train mostly females. And I would say 10 to 12 years ago, um, things that would have hindered um, people training was, you know, lack of available gyms for people to go to, as well as them not opening until after the, um, or sorry, during the, the eating period, where that kind of removes a big window for people that are wanting to train pre-iftar because if we look at the social side of things most of the social stuff happens after so it wasn't really until maybe six years ago um, the club that I was working at we had opened pre-iftar actually find that that was a very um, popular time for people to come in and train because then it just left the evening free for all of the social obligations that were there or perhaps even you know um, the, the cooking that might have been needed to be done um, as well if that was the case so it's good now where we're in a position where there are a lot more clubs. Um, clubs are opening pre-iftar for people to come in and get their training. Um, there's also a lot more education around this. There's a lot more people that are now actively training, whereas, you know, years ago that wouldn't have been the case. And I think people are learning and listening to things like this here where, you know, what can I do? How can I still train throughout the month and, you know, not lose my fitness? might not massively gain either, but the thing we don't want to do is we don't want to decrease our performance. And it's about finding that life training Ramadan balance, as well as adapting to the changes during those initial stages and, and how we might do that. So for me, when I sit down and I have a chat with, um, with my athletes, the first thing that we do is, you know, I, I figure out what are my days that I know that I am going to be able to fully commit to work and I, do I know that my Fridays and my Saturdays are totally off because of obligations or whatever? Or maybe it's every Tuesday night that the family gathers and I'm definitely not going to be able to train. So from that, I have my days that I know that I can play with. You know, ultimately, the, you know, the, most of the people that I'm working with, in fact, I'd probably say 90% of them are all runners. So how am I going to still run, you know, before or after if that? Um, so with this, there will be an element of trial and error. You have to try and see how your body feels exercising in a fasted state. 
you have to see how it feels exercising in a non-fasted state, but at a completely different time, because I appreciate that most of the people that I work with, they, they tend to run very early in the morning and then asking them to train at maybe nine, 10 o'clock at night. Um, for me personally, I know that definitely just would not work. I've tried it and it didn't. I had to do everything sort of pre-iftar as well whenever I did attempt a fast. Um, and with that as well, like you need to understand, okay, well, what, what can I cope with? You know, after going through a full fast, is it realistically to go and hit some massive hard intervals? You know, am I going to have the energy? Am I going to have the mental capability to do that? Okay, well, no, maybe not, but maybe, you know, one or two sessions in the evening time when I'm fed, I can. And I utilize the time pre-FDR to do very low intensity, but base building work, which, which secretly I'd want all my runners to do because the benefits of that sort of surpass anything else. Um, so it's about asking these questions. And then from that, it's then trying it in the program and at least giving yourself a period of, you know, 10 days to adjust to different things. Um, and if that doesn't work, well, then we know again for next year, like I said, you might not figure this out. If this is your first time ever working out during this month, it might take you a couple of Ramadans to figure out what has worked for you. And you kind of pick and choose from past experience about what made you feel good, what worked, what didn't work. Um, so all of these things, I'd be sitting having this chat um, with my athlete to see what they've done before, what worked, what didn't work, what is their schedule going to be like, what is their work schedule going to be like. And then from there, really looking at dialing in on what are our um, nutritional approaches during this month as well. Um, because pre appreciating that the window of opportunity is a lot less. Um, if weight loss or fat loss is, is not a goal for my clients, which most of them aren't, it's mostly performance, um, you know, then we need to make sure that we're fueling adequately, especially if we're going to be hitting, you know, sessions that are pre-iftar. And if we are working out after, you know, how soon after breaking the fast are you wanting to exercise? If it's quite close to breakfast, then we need to be smart in how we are, what we're recommending. So we're, it wouldn't be realistic to sit down and have a very heavy meal as soon as you break your fast. But could you, you know, wait? For an hour and as soon as you break the fast have something very small so have have dates you know ensure that we're drinking water um you know drink your drink your coffee um get a little bit of fuel into you something that's easy to digest and enough to kind of see you through your workout and then from there apply your normal eating strategy after that so that you're going to bed going to sleep in a really well-fed state and with a couple of my athletes they do have an approach where before the sun, um, before the sun rises, that they get up and they have something to eat, especially if they're going to be training pre-iftar again. And like I say, that's something that you might want to try and you might want to double with um, to see how you feel and how it works well for you. And like I say, I'm, I'm probably not saying anything that you know you haven't already thought about yourself. And a lot of the time, most of the things that that we talk about here, it's about you know, you might know it, but you just don't implement it. And it's about giving you the tools to do that. So to end this here, I would say is to sit down with your calendar open and put in during this whole month of your non-negotiables and what you have to commit to in terms of social obligations. They have to go in there. OK, because that's 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 very important as well. 
we then need to look at, okay, well, what am I currently doing? I might only be exercising four times a week. In the month of Ramadan, maybe I pull back and I definitely want to do three times per week. Okay. Am I going to, I'm going to allow the first three to four days of Ramadan as an adjustment period. I'm going to work out as feel, meaning I'm not going to get stressed out if my body doesn't let me do it because that's okay. Sometimes we need to listen to the body when there's massive change, change in sleep, fasting, change in diet. Okay. And then really for those, those sort of three and a half weeks is that we dial in and you commit to yourself for all your social engagement, but you also commit to doing a minimum amount that you've agreed upon with yourself that you know that you'll be able to do and see through to the end of the month. And it should not have a massive or a damaging effect to your overall fitness. And in fact, you'll probably come out the other end in a better headspace. I really enjoyed the month, which is really important and also ready to kind of pick up where you left off again and are not starting from scratch again. And you'll start from scratch again as if you start the month, you go, I said, yeah, you go balls deep and you start doing everything and everything. And you, you're, you push your body, you, you go hard, you don't eat enough, you start losing weight. And then halfway through the month, you give up and it all goes to shit. And I, I've seen this happen so many times. Um, and I know things get a little bit troublesome and a little bit um, busy towards the last couple of days um, of the month. If we know that, that goes into the calendar. Um, during that week, maybe the three times, it comes to two times. Maybe then, depending on the importance of it, we really need to try and maybe even reduce the timing of the sessions. You know, there are so many ways in which we can manipulate your training plan and, you know, for you, if, if you're not working with a coach, then, you know, get your calendar out and plot it in and put in your non-negotiables, the amount of time and the days that you want to train as well as follow your social and then get smart with your diet as well. Um, I think we know when we don't eat enough and when we don't eat enough, we need to apply different approaches to ensure that we are fueling the body well. Um, and again, that might be a totally different topic and a totally different subject and probably one to go down a rabbit hole. But again, important as well. Um, and sleep. It's going to take a little while for your body to adjust to the new sleeping pattern. Um, don't beat yourself up. It will happen. And at the same time, try and get a routine as soon as you physically can during this month, very much like you do in your normal day to day. Without a routine, without structure, without your key things in your diary, you're not setting yourself up for success. And again, this is something that we all know, but we just choose not to do sometimes as well. So for all of my athletes and for everyone that's listening out here that is coming up to this particular month, you've got at least 10 days, I think, before this actual, um, this actual kicks off, get your calendar out, get your plan together. Don't start the month with, with no plan, with, with nothing unless you want to. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if that's the way that you've kicked it before and it's worked for you, do it again. But for, for those that maybe are going in a little bit anxious and they're stressed night about getting their activities in, set a program, set goals that you know that you're going to be able to meet. And if you don't meet it, allow yourself a little bit more flexibility in this, in this month. At the end of the day, the month isn't going to last forever. You will be able to build things back up again. 
but that rebuild that you start again from can be a lot better if you plan before. And again, guys, that's, uh, that's everything for me on Ramadan. And if anyone does have any specific questions um, or wants to kind of throw some, um, throw some further questions or wants to have a chat, again, all you have to do is reach out and ask. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, guys, stay healthy. Mm -hmm.